Hi everyone, and welcome to the OS Training Podcast. My name is Steve Burge, and in this week's episode of the OS Training Podcast, we're talking with Alex from Perfect Dashboard and Mike from BoldGrid about the threat posed to open source from website builders like Wix and Weebly and Squarespace. Here at OS Training, our motto is, you can build great websites, we can help. But it feels as if some of those software as a service builders have taken that motto and run even further with it. You can build simple websites in just a few minutes with those platforms. So we're going to talk with Alex and Mike about what the problem is, about how bad the problem is, about the scale of the threat posed by the site builders and what they're doing about it. Hey everyone and welcome to the OS Training Podcast. Uh, I'm delighted to have uh, Alex and Mike with me today, both of whom who have spent a lot of time thinking about the problem the problems caused by Wix, Weebly, and Squarespace, and how they impact our businesses. Alex, do you mind introducing yourself first? Hi, yes. Uh, hi, uh, I'm Alexander. Uh, I'm the CEO of Perfect Dashboard, and it is true that I've just came from Las Vegas, where I had an opportunity to present uh, a talk on uh, Wix, Weebly, and Squarespace impact on the hosting industry. So this was at the World Hosting Days event? Yes, that was World Hosting Days USA. Okay, so you were talking to people in the hosting industry and explaining why Wix and Weebly are a threat to what they do? Uh, yeah, exactly. That's Because uh, it's definitely transforming the industry. But I'm sure that Mike has a lot to say about that, as he was actually the first one in the hosting industry to, to talk about that so loudly. And yeah, Mike, you've given a similar presentation um, about these site builders too. Yeah, at different events, including World Hosting Days USA, and our uh, CEO did it at the Global One. But yeah, I'm the Mike Demo. I'm the evangelist of BoldGrid, which is a suite of WordPress plugins that try to bring the user journey that these SaaS solutions have done inside of an open source environment. So I guess we might as well start at the beginning. And I'm interested in actually what you guys think the actual problem is if you have these platforms such as Wix and Weebly and Squarespace that people actually enjoy using and people like to pay for each month, what are the negative consequences? Uh, what, what's the actual problem that we're trying to tackle in dealing with these platform builders and trying to stop their growth? Sure. So basically from an end user perspective to the small business owner that has a bakery, they're pretty powerful and you can do a lot of really good stuff with them really quickly. And I don't think a lot of people give the credit on the user journey that it's been given. But there's always that wall. So let's say, Steve, you have a bakery and you need to get that bakery online. You go to one of the solutions, you find a theme you like, you get online in about an hour or two, you're pretty happy with it, you tweak it a little bit, and you pay your 20 30 $50 a month depending on the service provider and what plan you've selected for the features, etc. And you're happy for a year or two years. And then you decide you want to introduce online ordering and the partner you want to use this online ordering with for this food delivery only has a WordPress app extension plugin and you're kind of screwed. What do you do? And then you look at a WordPress site and then you get sticker shock because you realize you don't own what anything you made in most cases and you have to start over. Since then, 
you kind of have to, you know, throw everything out that you've done the window. And you feel really discouraged because you feel like all of this money and time you've spent are getting tossed out the window. Now, there are ways to export some of that content, but content a website does not make, you know, there's a whole lot more that goes into it. Content's important, but you need to have themes and style and pages and all of that individual stuff. So that's the issue that we see with the end users is that they end up wanting to grow and do something and they have to kind of start over and they get really discouraged. I wonder how much of a problem that is. We, I've actually heard the same arguments from the Drupal community saying that they would never give people a WordPress site because, hey, if they keep on growing bigger, um, I've actually heard Drupal people say, hey, I'm not going to give a WordPress site to a mom and pop shop because, hey, what happens if they expand and want to do a global store reaching thousands of customers, well, then they would need Drupal, of course. Um, is this actually a real problem of people hitting the limits of what those SaaS services can do? Or Well, I see it slightly differently. Um, I agree with what Mike said in terms of it can be limiting at times, but I think that the real downside is... Uh, it's not on on the user on the user side. Like for users, for typical users, ninety percent of what those tools offers, uh, like for ninety percent of users, that will be enough. Uh, but the problem lies in the sense of ownership, in the sense that people like to own what they have. They don't want to have access to things. They won't have things, uh, and that's what cannot be offered by neither Wix nor Weebly nor Squarespace. Mm. But I definitely think that Wix, Weebly, and Squarespace are an opportunity for user, not a problem. And of course, they are a threat or a challenge for web hosting industry, for web development industry, for plugin developers industry. So there is a lot of people in uh, online publishing that uh, are just putting out of the job because of those tools. And that's where the downside of that is for those groups, obviously. Okay, so you're talking about um, there's a potential threat to the users, but maybe 90% of users are happy. But there's a real, almost life-threatening challenge to large parts of the hosting industry, maybe people in the WordPress ecosystem, that those people actually in the business are going to face a much more uh, a much more concentrated challenge yes. from these taking away these services taking away business from them. You know, think of the way websites used to be built in a traditional way. You either build it yourself or you hired someone to do that. That has been built, you know, in a local environment using some of the extensions, uh, some of the teams, some of them paid, some of them free probably. And then all of that has been deployed to web, web hosting company where you have to, uh, have, uh, have to have a plan with them and possibly a domain. So there was a lot of parties that benefited from that process. Uh, and if you look at uh, the way it's now, Wix made that obsolete and you just go there online, log in, you know, make a couple of clicks and you are online. You hit publish and the website is there. Uh, and that's a huge change. You know, I've just came from a summer program with uh, where I was teaching some Berkeley students and uh, they were building their own startups during the program. And one of the tasks uh, was for them to build a landing page for their project. And out of 50 teams that were out there, none of them used WordPress, Joomla, or whatever 
solution that has to be put on web hosting. All of them went with Wix, Weebly or Squarespace because that was the well, only way for them to get website up in 24 hours. And we're talking one, about engineers from Berkeley University. 100% of them? Yes. None of those websites were fully hosted. It's almost as if users' minds default now to hosted solutions for, for most things. Yeah, that's why you, know, you can see Wix growth at over, all, over 20% a year. I guess people are used to SaaS things in most, um, you use Slack for your chat, you use, um, use GitHub for your, um, for your code hosting. Um, the vast majority of services that we use for most things now are hosted or SaaS services. So why should our websites be any different? Yeah, that's exactly the thing. That's why I don't think we can, uh, we can make a valid point saying Wix is bad, you shouldn't use that. We just need to become better than Wix is. And that's the only way to, uh, to defend the industry, mm, meaning web hosting industry. Without that, uh, that will just, you know, that will be the same story as with uh, the old uh, analog cameras. Uh, I guess I'm wondering how, how bad the problem actually is at the moment. Um, it, Mike, you've tested a lot of these other platforms like um, Wix and Weebly and Squarespace, how much of a lead do they actually have over platforms like WordPress in, in terms of their usability? How much better are they? Out of the box, they're heads and tails above what any of the open source CMS options have. Some of them, I believe it was Wix that just came out with their artificial intelligence uh, content layout tool. Uh, I have to double check that, Alex might um, remember where you type in content or an image, and it is kind of like, uh, if you use PowerPoint recently, where you drop in a photo and a title, and it recommends layouts based on the content you have on your slide. Think about that on steroids. And that is coming to some of these other SaaS solutions, and it's pretty darn powerful. And out of the box, no open source CMS can match. Because everyone has that friend, right? And this is the problem of WordPress, Drupal, and Joomla, specifically WordPress, because they're kind of the Kleenex of open source CMSs. People know them. They, everyone has that friend who is technical, that the people go to to fix their computer, whatever the case is. And we go back to the analogy of Steve, you making that bakery, that bake shop, and you say, oh, hey, Bill, I need a website. What should I do? And Bill says, oh, use WordPress, it's easy, you'll be fine. And you're like, okay, great. And then you type around, you maybe find WordPress hosting, a blue uh, host or whatever the case may be, and you buy some WordPress hosting or WP Engine. And then you log in and you see the WordPress admin. And you don't know what to do. You have to install a theme, you have to make pages, you have to maybe install some plugins. It's pretty darn complicated. And the answer a lot of people say is, oh, we'll just use a page builder, you know, like Beaver Builder or something. And Beaver Builder, don't get me wrong, is a really good page builder. It has a lot of power, but it's still meant for people that know WordPress. It's to extend the WordPress ecosystem. And there's really no onboarding experience inside of WordPress because when you heard the word is easy, you're thinking, oh, it's like that commercial I saw in the Super Bowl by Squarespace. You know, drop and drag, kick stuff out, you know, in about a half hour, hour, I'll be done. 
is it is WordPress an easy CMS once you get over the learning curve, even though it might be reduced compared to, let's say, a Drupal? Yes, but there's a learning curve no matter what CMS you use. And because of that, people bounce, they leave. We've seen and we've studied a couple of web hosters and we've had can seen cancellation rates for first time WordPress hosting accounts on cancellation rates upwards of 60% within the first 30 days. And most of those domains either go to a SaaS solution or sadly don't get built at all. And even though the WordPress project is doing some exciting things with Project Gutenberg and things like that, it's still not going to be a replacement for the onboarding experience that these other solutions offer. And so there is a big gap in between where you get from day one and where you can end up quickly. I mean, Steve, you made a living on selling training to people, making their own websites on these tools. And how many Wix training books do you have? <laughs> None, but we've actually started to dabble in um, in SaaS training. We've done some training for Equid, which is a hosted service. Uh, done some, yeah. some videos in partnership with them. Uh, they're kind of a, a Shopify alternative. And but I think you don't have them because they don't need them. Because if you look at what is the baseline of why Wix is so good, uh, it's because they have a seamless customer experience, meaning you don't have six different interfaces you need to go through before you can actually start creating your content. And we have just released a hosting industry report where we were comparing uh, different control panels. And the worst one had like eight different interfaces you had to go through to perform basic tasks. Then it has this website builder, uh, which makes it easy to create a content and express yourself. Then you hit publish and you don't even have to worry about everything that goes afterwards because Wix does all the maintenance. Oh, sure. Don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. Of um, uh, These SaaS services are a real threat to our business. Um, the best possible thing for a training company is a piece of software like Drupal, which <laughs> an end user finds almost impossible to use without guidance. I mean, Drupal has been a goldmine for us over the years because it's so difficult. Um, so yeah, I entirely understand what you're saying. If I wrote a book on Wix, people would say, mm, what do I need that for? Um, yeah, you, 30 second video will do. And yeah. you know, maybe that's the reason why, uh, uh, why Wix, Weebly and Squarespace all together has uh, has got almost the same number of new domains in the last 12 months as GoDaddy did. So oh, if you really? look of those three combined, you're looking almost at the power of GoDaddy. Okay, so that might be a good, um, a good point for me to ask both of you guys. How bad is the problem? Do we actually have any numbers to, to understand how these uh, SaaS services are doing compared to WordPress, which is actually making a really big deal at the moment of owning 28% of the web. Uh, do we have any hard numbers to show how the alternatives are doing? Well, I've just shared with the hosting community at Web Hosting Days uh, the numbers of uh, Wix, Weebly and Squarespace growth over the uh, last couple of months. And it seems that, uh, let's compare that to GoDaddy. Now, GoDaddy has added quarter million of new websites uh, over the last 12 months. And in the same time, Wix, Weebly, and Squarespace combined added over 600,000. So there are only 150,000 shy from, uh, from GoDaddy's number. 
And if you compare that to small web host, or smaller web hosting companies, but still a sizable US players like Inmotion, Inmotion only added 30,000 new domains in the last 12 months. So it means that it's like, you know, a very small portion of what uh, those SaaS solutions did. So from the sounds of it and from what uh, Mike was saying about the onboarding experience before, it sounds as if the real problem is maybe not the existing market share. You could look at WordPress and say, hey, you got 28% of the market share, that's huge. The real problem is looking forward a couple of years because these SaaS services are at least equal to WordPress in terms of the new users. The, the people making a choice for a new website is where the momentum is changing. Yeah, you can clearly see that. And you can also see people changing uh, websites, like switching from WordPress to Wix or from Joomla to Weebly uh, once they decide to rebuild their website. Uh, and that's another thing because it means that they're churning and you know they're taking away their business from web hosting companies, from plugin companies, uh, from training companies, from web development companies. So there is a lot of people who uh, whose market is being eroded by those companies. So I guess the yeah. uh, the, the onboarding oh. experience is weak. People may try WordPress or Joomla and then jump ship. And at the moment, um, from Alex, from your numbers, the SaaS oh. services are at least equal to to WordPress in terms oh. of new users. Uh, Mike, you you see the same thing? Yeah, so I just ran a report um, of all dot-com sites on the internet. Uh, this is provided by uh, the WHD Cloud Factbook. So just, you know, and the, the data is provided by dataprovider.com. So your mileage may vary, but Steve, you're going to guess of all the CMSs in the world, if you were going to order them from most popular to least popular, let's say the top five, what would what would you guess that order would be? Uh, open open source CMSs or all the platforms? All platforms. Okay. WordPress number one, obviously. Yep, you're right uh, um, so far. Okay. I've, I've run some of the numbers on this before. I know Drupal comes in over a million. I mean, they have the... You go to Drupal.org, they have an automatic reporting system. Sure. Um, which probably underestimates it. Drupal sites, somewhere between a million, million and a half. Um, okay. Joomla, I have no idea on the numbers, but you look at those off-the-shelf st uh, stats tools like um, W3Techs, they tend to put Joomla as slightly larger. So sure. I'd say WordPress, Joomla, Drupal in terms of one, two, three, and then it's a question of where the SaaS platforms fit in. Sure. Mm. Um, I'll email this, this to you so you can put the report in there. Now, granted, this is just from... Uh, uh, dot coms that cloud uh, factbook provided by dataprovider.com have in their index so your mileage may vary but from their um, data open source data report the order goes uh, WordPress is number one Wix is number two Squarespace is number three Weebly is number four Joomla is number five then it goes GoDaddy website builder Sitefinity Blogger then Drupal than Tumblr. And these are just dot coms. You can I could have filtered the whole internet or or certain geographic regions as well. So it's quite obvious that the SaaS solutions make up a pretty big market share and are continuing to grow. 
which is why CM open source tools like WordPress are trying things like Project Gutenberg to lower the barrier of entry. I guess the stats, I guess one of the problems of defining the, the issue is that the stats are so hard to come by. Um, you have W3 techs and then built with and then private stats um, and they all tell a different story. You have to kind of end up aggregating them. And so it's actually difficult probably to get a finger on how well these SaaS services are doing, especially as I think at least Squarespace and Weebly are both private companies. Yeah, Wix so they don't have on, any... the, on NASDAQ only. Yeah, Wix is the only one that's actually obligated to show real numbers. Um, and I think they're somewhere like 200,000 paying customers and then millions and millions of other people that have uh, had a free trial. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so it's, it's definitely a real and it's a, it's a growing threat and um, certainly to a lot of us in the, in the business, to us guys um, coming from the hosting company or the open source, uh, the industry, it's a threat to what we do. What can we do to tackle it? If, if we, I guess the best way to think about it might be like a, um, a business problem, right? To some extent, we're like retailers trying to take on uh, Amazon or phone companies trying to take on Apple. Uh, we can talk about how much better open source is for the customer, but at the end of the day, the customer doesn't care. They just want a good experience. What can people that work in the open source space actually do to uh, to tackle the rise of these page or site builders? Well, I think that they should start by thinking through uh, the quote by Raghumurti, senior VP of hosting and web pro of GoDaddy, who always says that web hosting is no longer a bare metal. Um, and they need to understand that actually uh, those times are over. Like providing infrastructure is not what user wants. Uh, user wants, and there is no coming back. So unless you will provide a matching solution to Wix technology, you will never be able to uh, to win this. It's just the question how long you will be losing your market. So, GoDaddy have actually built their own uh, onboarding system that if you install a WordPress site, you actually do get something which resembles the onboarding process where you you choose WordPress and then you get to choose a theme, then you get to choose a particular business niche and they'll maybe pre-populate some content for you. Uh, GoDaddy seems to be making a real effort to move away from that bare metal to provide more of a, a hosted experience. Yeah, and they've also launched a, a third version or second version of their website builder that's in-house as well and launched a Super Bowl ad for it. So, oh, so, so they have their own SaaS service as well. Correct. So they're trying to um, appease the WordPress market. And I agree, their newest WordPress hosted platform that is just launching right now, I don't think it's out quite yet except in beta, is quite powerful. Um, it, it combines in managed WP, uh, you know, GoDaddy Pro services, as well as Sucuri, so they're trying to have a full holistic approach. So kudos on them for what they're doing. But they also have made quite a lot of money and still do on the traditional SaaS solution. So they're kind of taking two bites of the apple there. Yeah. Mike, you're trying to tackle this from a similar perspective, maybe from a, a plugin or theme angle, trying to provide a, a better onboarding experience as well with BoldGrid. 
Yeah, so Bold Grid's a suite of plugins that makes WordPress easier to use no matter where you are in the learning curve as it is. So let's say you're a brand new, never touched WordPress in your life. If you choose one of our hosting partners, you will buy hosting with Bold Grid built in, or you have the option to anyway. And then you log in and you see a wizard experience which says, are you a beginner? Click here. And then it says, great, what's your industry? And then you pick a theme. And then let's say you chose restaurants. And then in that theme, you can choose all these different layouts. So for restaurants, we have things like a menu page, a reservation page, a specials page, an about us page, etc. And you say, I want these pages. Do you want a blog page? Yes or no. And then it kind of walks you through a handholdy experience that in about a half hour, you can get a basic three to five page site online with content and images, provided you have that stuff ready. To help with that, we don't give any lorem ipsum on our sites. It's all custom written content for the vertical so that you can say, oh, this can go here, this can go here, and kind of jog your memory. We've built in a stock photography engine so you can add stock images, either free or paid, right inside of WordPress. We reordered the WordPress admin on the left-hand side a little bit based on how people that have never touched WordPress interact with WordPress. And we've done little tweaks, like, for example, instead of posts and pages, which confuses everybody what the difference between posts and pages is, we just renamed posts to blog posts on the menu and solves that issue right there. And a lot of other additional tools, and we have a page builder that's part of it, but our stuff is modular. So if you don't want to use our page builder and you want to use another one, you can do that. Or if you just want to use our SEO plugin with your existing site, you can do that as well. And we're really trying to bring that user journey in an open source environment. All of our stuff's on GitHub, all of our stuff is open source. And provide a holistic solution that hosters can offer their customers instead of uh, you know, hosting a SaaS solution for them as well. Yeah, I think you're touching, sorry, Steve, I think you're touching for a very important po point here that the default WordPress experience is far from perfect and it's not an experience that can be, you know, a matching experience for a Wix experience. But if you're talking about the enhanced WordPress experience, uh, like the one that you've just described, which has, uh, uh, which has a consistent interface, end-to-end, uh, -end, which is, uh, which also have, a, you know, automated or uh, easier way to actually build the website. And there has been some work done in order to make building websites easier. Uh, then the then it's really an, then you really can call this experience enhanced. And the only pain you're still dealing with is the pain that still those websites need to be managed uh, in order to make. Uh, to have a, you know to have the same effect as you have in Wix. So, from what we've been talking about, it seems as if the problem needs to get tackled almost at the hosting company layer. GoDaddy are building their own onboarding experience. I think Bluehost have just launched their own. Bold Grid is helping hosting companies do it. It's almost as if, in order to tackle these SaaS services, you need to become like them. Someone needs to get a real grip on the onboarding process and set it up so it's highly optimized so it doesn't lead to a lot of churn uh, is there much hope for the old style of wordpress which was almost a random assortment of plugins and themes that the user would have to navigate through or has that that older style of wordpress almost 
had its day is it a, a relic of the past at this point in favor of these more unified experiences well it depends who you're targeting to sorry alex uh if you're targeting you know the full-on developers or the agencies they'll say no that old style is the way that sites are going to be built forever but these are the same types of people that pushed against cmss in general i remember when i was in school at the art institute international minnesota and it was a web development course i used the cms to build a project and i was told cmss have no future it's all hard coding blah 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 you know cmss are just a lazy way to get your stuff online well we now see what's happened with that so I think that there'll always be people that are doing it the traditional way, but that's not where the growth is going to come from. And that's the biggest risk, the open source of, I don't care which tool you prefer, where, uh, Joomla, Drupal, WordPress, etc., DNN, the risk to open source are these SaaS solutions. So we can't ignore what they're doing. I guess what I've seen is that you can actually be pretty happy in some of these businesses for um, for many years. I know some people that still make money from things like um, uh, .NET Nuke, even though it practically died about 10 years ago. Um, I know people still making really good money in the Joomla industry, even though the growth has long passed Joomla by, and people that are making really good money in Drupal, even though Drupal probably peaked uh, about five years ago now. There's probably in WordPress, if, um, if we actually lose the growth momentum, it could be that people are still making really good money in WordPress for uh, for years, maybe decades, but the actual new growth has moved on to uh, towards these SaaS services. Is yeah. that fair to say? Yeah, I've always joked, if you want to make a lot of money, don't know ASP.net really, really well. <laughs> because yeah. there are still a handful of enterprises that are still on ASP.net I encountered one that was on ASP Classic the other day that needed that was asking me for help, and I'm like, nope, no thanks. But there are a few people that when you are one of the only dozen people that know something really well, you can demand higher rates for it. So there's always going to be some of that. So is this an almost an innovation problem that with things like Gutenberg and um, the next step after Gutenberg of actually improving the customizer, is it mainly a case of keeping WordPress at the cutting edge in terms of being innovative? And there's a th the main threat is probably that the innovation passes WordPress by and it becomes the next Drupal or the next Joomla or the next ASP. That's an interesting approach, but I think that the challenges that uh, are in front of us are way beyond what WordPress can offer. Uh, WordPress as a CMS, and that's one of the reasons why WordPress is developing their own SaaS solution, so WordPress.com, because uh, it's not only about what's inside the WordPress, or inside WordPress, it's also about how you install that, how easy it is for you to actually get that online. And those are the part of the process that WordPress does not control, because mm, they sit outside of the CMS. Mm, and that's uh, that's also true when it comes to the maintenance experience. So that's why I think this, this, that this problem is way bigger than WordPress itself, and it can only be tackled by hosting companies working closely together with uh, plugin vendors and uh, and of course WordPress makers as well. Okay, so I, mean, I presume both of you guys have 
tried Gutenberg, um, have been testing it, working with it. Um, what are the what what do you guys think of Gutenberg? And from the sounds of it, is your feeling that it's good but not enough for WordPress to stay competitive? I feel Gutenberg is really exciting because it's the project looking at trying to solve this problem of user experience. It's not enough and it never will be enough. And that is why there's always room for tools to extend WordPress, similar to what we do at BoldGrid with our different modular plugins because core is always going to move slower than where you good user experience goes. And I could be proved wrong and the final version could be a lot more robust from where it is today, but they have to be careful due to backwards compatibility issues and things like that. So I always think that Gutenberg will be expanded and then the customizer and then there'll be something new and it'll always be working on that user experience, but it's always going to lag behind what the other players are doing just simply because of the way it's architected and the way core works with backwards compatibility where you know, Squarespace and Wix and Weebly, they just push out soft updates and it kind of hits. Alex, do you? Yeah, I think that the problem that WordPress is totally open uh, and this, uh, and because of that, they need to be, and they have a huge uh, number of websites that, uh, you know, they still need to support. So that'll make it difficult. Uh, and I think that Gutenberg, like Gutenberg developers has a way harder way to uh, in front of them than people who work on, you know, better page builder or website builder in Wix or Weebly. Uh, and that's a potential problem. On the other hand, um, there are companies, building, Bold Grid included, that are able to show that there is a possibility to build uh, a great experience on top of uh, WordPress websites. So I think it is, it is also possible for them, but I'm just not sure if the target of Automatic, so the owners of WordPress, is actually to make WordPress's CMS better, or they're just their or their mind is in their own platform in WordPress.com, and they just want to become one more SaaS solution. I think it's fair to do show the distinction between Automatic, as the company behind WordPress.com, is technically separated from the WordPress project as a core although they do share a lot of the same players between the foundation and the core contributors um, and the employees of Automatic, but they are two separate projects. Just That's that's true. However, the business thinking behind that is uh, it's almost united. Like there is, There are no two centers of thoughts and Matt is a central person in both the foundation and Automatic. It's a hard role to play, trying to trying to keep the, such a large existing customer base, I mean, far larger than any of the, the SaaS platforms, and also trying to build a SaaS platform. It's, uh, that's a super tricky thing to judge, trying to keep both audiences happy. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess my final question for you guys is, we've kind of defined the, the problem. The problem is, to a large extent, a problem of onboarding and actually getting the new users in and we know the scale of the problem is accelerating really pretty fast that these uh, these SaaS services in general are adding at least as many users as 
open source software is at this point and it's probably going to overtake open source uh, in the next couple of years in terms of new users. What are you guys doing? What are your guys' plans for your businesses over the next two or three years to to keep relevant, to to keep your products useful for, for us? I can imagine us doing Shopify books or um, uh, maybe Wix books as well, um, or books on SaaS platforms. How about you guys? What are, you, what are you guys' plans for the next two or three years? Mike? Sure. We plan to keep doing user testing on people that have never made websites before and keep looking to see how people interact with the web and what features they're looking for, as well as introducing um, new key features and categories so that people can kick stuff out on the web easier as well as more advanced developer tools and such as a framework and a core theme which we're coming out with so that people can design their own themes but if they know wordpress but maybe don't know theme development things like that and we're just kind of looking to see where the uh, growth is in the space and increasing distribution by partnering with hosting companies so that they can offer us in either Plesk or Softaculous or some other new extensions coming to help give another choice to their customer base instead of having them get lost to a SaaS solution. So we're just going to keep on uh, looking to see where the market goes and trying to stay ahead of the curve. Cool. And uh, how about you, Alex? Well, I see it in a way that like the ultimate vision we have is uh, to help web hosting companies to be able to provide uh, flexibility of WordPress with the ease of Wix. Uh, and it takes several steps to, to get there. There is a lot of building blocks that you need to assemble together. Mm. So we're looking at those parts of the business that are not uh, covered yet or those problems that are not solved yet. And of course, maintaining WordPress websites is uh, one of those that we're trying to tackle. Um, so I see us uh, moving towards other parts of the problem that are not covered yet, because some of them are like, uh, for example, there's a lot of good page builders or site builders that uh, help you to improve the website building experience. But in terms of website management, in terms of getting someone who will do a minor change for you on the website that you are not able to do on your own, and a couple of uh, other things, there is still, uh, there is still almost no one offering those services. And I do believe that without those uh, parts, it's not possible for a web hosting company to offer you know, a platform-like solution that will be a matching or even a winning solution compared to Wix. Well, thanks, guys. Um, we should probably schedule another edition of this in about a year or so. The space is moving so fast. Fast forward a year. These platforms would have mutated hugely. Uh, Gutenberg will be out. We'll be working on the WordPress customizer. Uh, things will be pretty different. Um, I, I guess for all the talk of threats, it's an exciting time to be in the industry and seeing how things are changing. Yeah, that's a great time to be in there, actually. There's a lot of things happening, and I'm, uh, I think it's, it's a great thing to, to you know, have a front row seat in that. Cool. Maybe. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Alex. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye.